So we've gotten back from Israel. I've been seeing things scripturally just from a different perspective, and I believe that God's speaking some things to me. And I just, I've, I've just gotten to a point in life where I've decided that God's not hard to get to. And, and as, as Westerners, many times that we kind of have the philosophy that if I sing loud enough, if I run fast enough, if I stand out, if I do more, if I'm busy, uh, and, and I can accomplish this, this, and this, and this, God might pay attention to me. But I got good news for you this morning. When you came out of the wound, God had already taken care of that. And God is paying attention to you. So look at somebody and say, I'm not trying to get God's attention. I'm embracing the attention that he's already given me. And, and so the scripture says this in John 3.16, and stay with me. I know this is a basic scripture, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Think about that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Since the beginning of time, God created man for one reason and one reason only, and that's because he wanted relationship. If you go back in the beginning, and so I want you to get a hold of this, and if you pay attention and don't drown me out because you're thinking, well, he's not going to go deep enough into the Holy Spirit, or he's not going to go deep enough into faith, then you're going to miss something today that makes both of those things work powerfully in your life. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so, again, God came to give us relationship. He came with the intentions of loving us. And, and so when it comes to life, if I would ask you the question this morning, what is your number one purpose? What's our number one purpose in life? What would that answer be? Would it be to love God more? Would it be to give more? Would it be, and all those answers would be correct, but if we came down to one specific thing in our relationship with God, one specific thing in our purpose, our first thing that we would do, you know, the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God, but what would that, what would that first thing be? Would it be to walk by faith and not by sight? Would it be to beg the Holy Spirit to come move in our midst? Would it be to, would it be to shout? Would it be to sing louder? What would that be? Our number one priority as believers isn't to love God more. Our number one priority in our purpose as believers is to let God love us, is to allow God to love us. Now, we're all human beings, right? And so we came, you know, it, it, it's real easy in life. You go through so many circumstances, hurts, pains, and those kind of things where it's very, very easy to forget that, that hey, it, you know, I'm lovable. And that, and that not only does God love me, but people around me love me. But, but in life, because of circumstances, many times we struggle with that concept because we think that, that we've done too many things wrong or our personality's not right. We don't have the right color hair. Or we don't have the right checkbook or we don't have the right degree. All those things, none of those things, listen, matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters most is that we have a recognition and we realize with full eyes, scales falling, when we realize that our Father loves us and how much He loves us. And so it wouldn't do, it would, it, if it was based on my love for God, it would never be enough. It'd be too weak. It wouldn't be strong enough. But when God's love begins to affect us and we begin to focus on His love, listen to me, God becomes more, more than enough in our life. Scripture says when we're weak, come on, He becomes strong. And so, so the more that I embrace, hey, God loves me, come on, look at your neighbor and say, God loves me. And, and it's a matter of allowing that to take place in our lives. And if we get a hold of that, we didn't come out of the womb that way. When we came out of the womb, we were, we were gladly accepting love. I mean, we take that bottle in our mouth, come on. We take that diaper change or that fresh hug or when we wanted to stand, we did this. And 
daddy would pick us up or mama would pick us up or your aunt, your uncle, whoever. We had no problem accepting love because we didn't come out thinking we'd done anything wrong. We came out, saw light, and thought, what am I doing here, right? And, and from the beginning of that time, you were nurtured. You accepted love. You accepted the diaper changes. You accepted the clothes. You accepted the Christmas gifts. As a kid, you accepted the cars and the trains and the Barbie dolls and all the, all the things that begin to create what your world would look like one day or could look like one day. We gladly accepted those things because we had no problem receiving love. But through the cycle of time and life happens and relationships happen and marriages happen and people, people come and people go and there's deaths and there's pain and there's agony, there's addiction, there's fear, all the things that, that the scripture says can be over, over, overcame. And all these things begin to preoccupy us and begin to preoccupy our mind where we're not able to fully function. And so we start thinking, hey, if I buy the right clothes or if I act right or if I, if I say amen at church at the right time, People are going to think differently, but the fact of the matter is, it's, it's simply stepping back and saying, God, I receive your love, and I'm opening my heart. I'm done with the games. I want a true relationship. I'm asking, I'm, I'm simply stepping back and saying, God, love me, because if God can, if you'll open up your heart to, a God, to allow God to love you, then God will begin to work through you, and that's the difference between being preoccupied, come on, and being occupied, which means to do kingdom business. Seek first the kingdom of love. Seek first, seek first a relationship. Everybody say relationship. And allow God to love you. And, and that ought to be our first step in, in each and every moment of life. And so one thing that I've learned in life is that our being, our being creates our doing. Our doing doesn't create our being. Are you getting that this morning? Our being. If I've been with Jesus, it means that dictates what I do. And so our, our, if our doing begins to dictate our being, then that's when we get in trouble in life. And we think if I do this, things are going to get in the right order. If I, can, if I can call these things, if I can walk by faith and not by sight. But listen, if I don't have a, a heart open to realize how much God loves us and how much he's given his best. Everybody say he's given his best. And so I love the way that Psalm says it. Psalms 143 verse 8, it says, Let the morning bring the word of your unfailing love. He says, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way uh, that I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And I, I find that to be powerful. I love that he didn't say, hey, show me the way, and then I'll love you. He, or, or, or he didn't say, show me this, and then show me your love. He said, show me your love, and within the power of your love, because God begins to work through us, show me the power of your love. And then I know you're going to show me the way because it's within the love of God. A lot of people think it's only within my faith or my confession and those kind of things. All those things are pointless. Listen to me if we don't understand the value of how much God loves us. His love opens the door. His love makes more than enough work through us. And so we get to a point where, where we decide, hey, I've got, to sit, I've got to set aside some distractions. And over here, I'm going to put, put aside my agenda. And I'm going to put aside all the things that I have planned in my my, my, my motives and my, the things that I'm dreaming of, those things are okay, listen to me, but sometimes we got to put them aside, and over here, I'm going to lay down my fear because perfect love cast out fear. You know, Sheena just talked about it. Over here, I'm going to lay down my agenda, the one thing, you know, that I hold on to the most and think if I let go of this, I've let go of everything. Listen, let go and let God is the saying, right? And so we get to the point that if, if, if we lay it aside over here and we lay it aside over here, then I'm positioning myself to hear from God 
Uh, and number one, I'm recognizing how much he loves me. But when I recognize it and I'm open to hearing from God, then it's not about my, my fears or my pain or my things or my agendas over here or trying to work and figure this thing out and connect the dots. Because of God's love, I now can walk by faith. Because of God's love, I now can be the husband or wife that God's called me to be. Because I have an understanding of how valuable, come on, that he, he looks at us and says, man, that's my son, that's my daughter. And so there's a power in that. And it's one of the most things, and it's quiet in here this morning for two reasons. Either you're bored or you're recognizing what I'm saying. And I don't think you're bored. Come on, I'm not that boring. And so there's a power in recognizing how much God loves me. We think David was just a great giant killer. We think Caleb and Joshua went and overcame because God gave them this special gift, gift of faith. You know why they overcame? Because they knew they had a God, come on, of complete, complete support. They knew they had a God who was more than enough. They knew they had a God who was in their weakness, come on. We were made perfect. perfect. They understood that. So everybody else is, is talking about the giants. Caleb and Joshua are like, hey, let's go into the land. We can overtake it. Why? Because we know that God loves us. We know that God is on our side and that he's working on our behalf and he's stirring us up, come on, to new things. So in life, quit pursuing the doing, start pursuing the being, and then your doing will become more than enough. And then it, and the efforts will become more than enough. And, the, and the, 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 the place that you go to put your hand to the plow will become sufficient. And God will begin to mold it. And he puts you in position. So if we can recognize how much God loves us and, and, and realize that this isn't, about, this isn't about me trying to get God's attention. Are you getting that this morning? And believe me, if you're raising kids or grandkids or you're dealing with, dealing with people who've been hurt, that's the constant thing. The number one thing they struggle with is thinking, I'm not lovable. Now, that doesn't sound real spiritual, and we can't, we're not going to crash the symbols over that kind of statement right there. But if we can reach people that are within that place in their heart, I'm telling you right now, who the sun sets free, they'll be free indeed. And so if, they, if people can realize what, what's hurting in the world right now, yeah, we're in a time where, where it looks like there's some recession and, and things are higher and gas is higher and, you know, lunch meat's higher. I went and bought lunch meat last night. I thought, man, that seems high. But you know, God's not looking down and saying, you know what, I forgot, I forgot about a recession. You know what God's saying, hey, let me love you. Let me love you. And, 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 and you know, we're looking at these things thinking, man, what are we going to have to do to, to make this work and that work? And we start shifting this stuff. But even in this time where, you know, Pastor Daniel talked about perilous times last week, really powerful. But even in perilous times, God is at his best. Why? Because he loves you. And so listen to me, don't be surprised in your business if it doesn't increase during a recession because God loves you. Don't be surprised if the communication in your marriage during perilous times doesn't get better because God loves you. Don't be surprised, come on, when your kids make a switch or, or make a change in their heart because they want to honor God because they realize that God loves them. And we've got to start expecting What's the miracle we're expecting? All miracles are embraced within the love that God has for us. God does miracles because he loves us and he opens doors. So listen to me. Even during a time where there's perilous times or there's recession or there's, there's times where the economy don't look good, I got good news for you. Come on. Our God is still on his throne. He's still working on your behalf. 
when it's 195 degrees out there, come on, there's a swimming pool somewhere that God wants you to get in or an air conditioner to be refreshed because we're not sitting here trying to earn it today. The reason we walk by faith and not by sight is because we have a knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us. And we're not doing it to be impressive. I, I've seen it times in, in a faith walk where people are so ambitious about their faith that there's no love attached to what they do. If I'm walking by faith, then love is always going to be the ingredient that guides me. And so I love the way that reads in Psalms. It says, let the morning bring the word. He didn't just say the word. Listen to me, church. He said, let the morning bring the word of your unfailing love. Let the morning bring the word of your unfailing love. What's that mean? That means when you're embracing tomorrow and you're getting ready to start the week and, and the things that you're doing this afternoon, let the morning, let the morning, let the, the morning is the, is the moment that you wake up. And so we wake up from circumstance and say, man, I don't have to figure this out on my own anymore. If I'll seek the love of God, God will begin to speak to me. And because he loves me, he'll show me the way. And as he shows me the way, listen to me, we know I can put my trust in this. Therefore, I do confess how good God is. Therefore, I do confess that God's on my side. There, you understand what I'm saying? Don't get that backwards. Don't make your faith more important than the love of God. The reason David was powerful because he knew the love of God. The reason Caleb and Joshua were able to go in and possess is because they knew they had, a, they had an understanding of how much God loved them. It wasn't just a special gift of faith. There was an understanding of how good God is and how much he's on our side. And so listen, it, it, it don't get that backwards. And I'll, I'll read it this way. He, he didn't say, show me the way and then show me your love. He said, show me your, your unfailing love and I know you'll show me the way. In other words, when I recognize the love of God... It, in my own, if I'm trying to love God, it'll never be enough. If I, if, I, if I start there. But if I start with how much God loves me, then it becomes more than enough. And then God, you become a vessel that God begins to work through. Does that make sense? And so we're not, it's, not in, it's not in just desperations or attempts or begging or pleading. or you know That's where insecurity and desperation and confusion come in. We think, man, i got to stand out. Well, what if you just shut up a minute? Come on, somebody. I say that in love. Don't, it's okay. What if we just shut up and quit trying to prove who we are and just say, hey, I don't have to say anything. I know who's on my side. I know who gave his life for me. Therefore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close my mouth, and I'm not going to mess it up with my mouth, and I'm going to receive everything that God has for me because I'm tired of walking this thing out. Come on, trying to get to Jesus. Jesus has been here a long time. 2,000 years he's been moving, right? He's been here a long time, longer than the 1900s, Colin. And so we get a hold of this. Listen, your, a totality of circumstance can preoccupy your paradigm. So the totality of circumstances, we've got these circumstances. Pastor has a teaching, and I've said it several times over the last month, that, that, in, in, that we're called to occupy. That means to do business. That means to be able to function. That means to be able to, to run your, your business or your, your, you know, your, your job or your family and all this. It's a totality of life. And it means to occupy. It means to fully occupy. But we've said this earlier today, but I want you to get a hold of this. We can't fully occupy, come on, if we're preoccupied with bad thoughts. So we've got, to, we've got to take hold of the thoughts. How do we beat the thoughts? Just confessing? No. We beat the thoughts by knowing how much God loves us. Come on. And we say, and we get to a point where we say, God, I'm allowing you to love me. Give God permission. Give God permission to fully speak into your life. And, 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 and you got to be careful there because when he fully speaks, he fully speaks. That's when he'll start correcting and molding and, 
and all these kind of things. But we think if we stand out enough, God might see us. God already, see, he already sees you. He knows you're here. Scripture says he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. That, that, that's, that's already been done. That's in Jeremiah. So believe it or not, God knows you're here. Come on, somebody. And that's a big, that's a big deal. God knows you're here. So why don't we just let him love us? And just, just simply open up and say, God, I'm letting you love me. I'm looking at myself as lovable. You know how many people struggle with the concept that I'm not lovable? And you open your heart and say, God, I'm going to allow you to love me. And I'm going to allow you, I'm gonna allow you to love me even, even in my messed up state. Come on, somebody. And when he starts loving you, that's, he'll start pruning things and fixing things. I want you to get a hold of that this morning. But we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't start doing things to find our being. And we think that way, especially as Americans, if we do this, if we do this, we can figure this out. If we can, if we can shift this, if we can do this, if we can change the order of service, if we, can do it, we go through all these things, let's just let God love us. Come on, somebody. Let's let God love us and open a door and, and get out of the doing. Now, listen to me. The doing's important because that's where we function in full occupation. But we can't become, we can't, we can't produce in the doing, come on, until we've been with Jesus. Until we allow that. You remember that song, I've Been With Jesus? Am I boring y'all this morning? Anyway, this is changing my life, so I'm going to preach it anyway. Come on. And, and, and so God, when God gets a hold of that, and I'm not talking about getting weird or stupid or anything like that. I'm talking about simply opening your life up to say, hey, you know, to God to say, hey, put your arms around me. Build me up. Let me, let me go to the places you've called me to be. You know, I, I've changed my approach over the years. When I was younger, everything was results. And we've got to get this result, and we've got to get this building, and we've got to get this thing, and we've got to, we've got to, it's got to be here. And if we don't get the results, and, and everything was results, but now I just want to get up in the morning and say, hey, if I can get up in the morning and say, God, just love on me today. Come on, take, the, take me and love me as I am. Come on, and put your will into my life. And whatever, as you show me the way, because I know you love me, as you show me the way, then I'll take these steps accordingly. And it's not a hard process. Everybody say, God's not difficult. I've got news for you. Can I say this? <laughs> Can I say it? All right, you gave me permission. Sometimes you're difficult. <laughs> Sometimes I'm difficult, right? Well, not me. I got it figured out. Come on. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You just appear that you have it figured out. If you had it figured out, come on, somebody, then you would be him up there loving all these people, right? The Scripture says it this way in Luke. He said, it says, it says don't try to take the plank out of your brother's eye when there's a plank in your own eye. And then it says, it says, give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And everybody says, woo, money scripture. No, that is a money scripture, and that's a good one. But that ain't what in, in text he's talking about. He's talking about not judging your brother. He's talking about not judging one another. I can't look at you and take the speck out of your eye when I haven't even looked into my own eye to take the speck out. Come on, somebody. Then he says, judge, and you'll be judged. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I'd rather do it as, hey, God, I know you're on my side. I love you. I'm loving my neighbor no matter what. You're on, hey, I love you, buddy. And then I give to God in my tithe, and God says, hey, that's where I'll do the good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. But I don't want to judge and get judged. And, and as, as, if, if we're not careful, we'll be, we'll be in, the, in, the, in the molding of, of, of religion so long that we think we got it figured out. And because we think we got it figured out, we think we can figure everybody else out. Listen to me. You'd be surprised of how wrong you'd be most of the time in that process because you don't know the pain of the people that you're dealing with. If you can teach people that God loves them, when you're in the workplace, when you're connecting them with God's purpose, they don't care how much you know until you know how much you care. 
But if you could teach people this one thing, if you could teach your children this one thing, it would be that God loves them, that he gave his life for them, and, 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 and that he simply accepts them where they're at at the time. Come on. And if they'll accept that, then God will show him the way, or show them the way. Does that make sense? Come on. I, can get, I could be a lot deeper and theological if you want me to, but this, this, is where, this is the end game right here. This is where things shift. This is where things turn. It's in recognition of how good God is. Come on, somebody. And so number two in that, in John three sixteen, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. I thought the time said 1042. I was like, did time stand still or what? It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I love those things are, too tied, are tied together. God so loved the world and that he gave. God so loved the world because the second part, I believe, and you walking out your purpose is learning the value of generosity. And why did God create generosity? Anybody? Why did God create generosity? God created generosity to eliminate selfishness. Right? It's God's system of eliminating selfishness. How many of you have ever dealt with some selfish stuff? And, and God, the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So God created generosity so that he would help allow us to deal with our selfishness along the way. Because I don't know about you, but I can be selfish at times, and, and, and I'm sure that you can too. And, and if you're not careful, that selfish mentality takes over, and that, that really becomes part of our doing. Listen to me. Remember, we don't want to get caught up in our doing. We want to get caught up in our being, because if we're caught up in our being, then in our doing, we'll be generous. And generosity will flow through us. That's why, and when we talk about giving, yeah, we're also talking about tithes and offerings and those kind of things because those are the things that God uses to eliminate uh, selfishness out of your life. But giving is just a part of everything that we do. We give love, we give encouragement, we help each other out. Come on, somebody, are we believers? And God loved us, and we, even when we were unlovable, and so we even love those that appear to be at, at times and say, hey, man, that guy doesn't look unlovable, our guy doesn't look lovable, but I'm gonna love him anyway. Because that's what our Heavenly Father does. And as we, as we get a hold of that, it becomes an ingredient that launches us into something bigger, right? And so generosity is, the, is a part of that purpose, and God, God uses that. Now, the enemy of generosity is selfishness. And I could go through a whole thing. I did this study on selfishness, and it's not a pretty picture, believe me. And, and as, you read, as I read through it, I thought, man, some of these things, you know, I, I've got to deal with within myself at times. But can I just give you a couple for fun? And so I was reading these things, and these are, these are, these are people who, who have been kind of blinded by a selfish motive. This is what it does, okay? And so selfishness says they're more concerned with their own needs and needs of others. We know that. Uh, they use manipulation to get what they want. And their goal is just getting what they want. Does that make sense? And then it says the value, it, 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 those people who are selfish are, are, are moved by selfishness. They value material things. They self-promote. They lack empathy for others. Uh, they, do, they do anything to get what they want. Uh, they tend to be unkind. They don't care about consequences. Uh, they don't feel sorry or remorseful for what they've done. Uh, they have a sense of entitlement or expectancy. Anybody, is this, you ever heard anybody deal with these things? Any of you ever dealt with these things? One of you, praise the Lord. They have a lot of acquaintances but no friends. They never give back. I mean, I could go on and on. That of the pattern of the enemy there. That's how the enemy functions. But God doesn't do that. He says up front, he says, hey, I love you. I'm on your side. And you know what? Everything I have belongs to you. I'm going to lift you up. 
I'm going to be more than enough. I'm going to be the strength in your weakness. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, the rhythm in your dance. And for you white people, that's a big deal, believe me. I, I, you didn't even have to pay for that. That was a free one. I'm going to, you know, and so all these things, I'm going to be more than enough. That's, that's just so powerful how God functions. He doesn't base it on, on him, uh, on his own selfishness, even, even though he's a jealous God. Come on, it's jealous in relationship, and he wants your attention. And so, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in those traps or knowing people, but if you can lead them back to the love of God, love always conquers selfishness. Love always and allows us to be generous. That's why, that's why as a church, we're able to go to the nations. We, we've got, a, we've got a, a missions team in Zambia that just arrived yesterday. Come on, doing work for God. And, and, and because of generosity, because that's, that's who God's called us to be. Uh, we've got things going on in the church, and, you, you know, it'd be amazing uh, if you'd become a part of some of those things. That, you know, and many of you are through your giving and your generosity, and we thank you for that, because you're connecting people with God's purpose and those kind of things. But if we'll get a hold of true generosity, and it's not about giving to get, the reason we give is because God gave to us. The reason we love is because God loved us. And so as we, we release in our giving, whether it's, whether it's finances or love or, or peace or joy or those kind of things, it's because we've recognized that God loves us. It's like David thinking, hey, I can take this giant out because I know God's on my side, right? I know God will never leave me. He'll never forsake, he'll never forsake me. And so it creates this momentum. But if we can deal with that and allow generosity to start flowing in a powerful way, it eliminates selfishness. And if selfishness is dealt with, listen to me, you're on the pathway to seeing incredible things done through your life, not just for you. God will begin to work through you in a whole new capacity. There'll be, there'll be new relationships. There'll be new opportunities and, and those kind of things. If we could just get our, get our minds on that one ingredient there, that God loves us. That God loves us. It's not, and it's not a trick thing. God loves us. He gave his best for us. He, he, he's open today. His arms are wide open. Even for those that have been saved a long time, it's easy sometimes to be, get caught up in the doing and not the being. But listen to me, God loves us. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. If we can, if we can grasp that today, and I'm appealing in that because I, 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 there's certain words in Christianity that have been said so much. And, be, and because they've been said so much, people immediately put a guard up and say, I know that. Oh, we hear faith. I know that. Love. I know that. But do you? I'm talking about love today. I'm talking about a love that sacrificed. I'm talking about a love that gave his all. I'm talking about a love that took our punishment, took our hurts, took our pains, took our sorrow. Come on, somebody. And when you get caught up in thinking about that and thinking about how, how powerful he is and how he created the heavens and the earth, how he created Adam and Eve for fellowship, how he, how he created the ability, come on, not only for us to get to heaven, but to have heaven on earth, how he created his supply chain and, and that he's more than enough and that he's strength and weakness and, and that he doesn't give us feeble knees. The scripture says that he, he lifts those that have feeble knees up. And when you start thinking and magnifying and just focusing on how powerful he is, come on, all of a sudden, your problems start taking a back seat. My doing is not as important as it was, come on, when I walked in here this morning. And so, so if I'm just focused in the doing and trying to figure it out and, 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 and validating, being validated to man and, and those kind of things, it takes the attention off that peace that we talked about, that Sheena talked about earlier. That peace that passes all understanding 
that peace that guides us and leads us. If the worship team will come, we're going to sing here in just a second. But, but I want you to get a hold of this. Generosity, is, it, 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 it's God's system to eliminate selfishness. Now, I want you to stay with me one more second. We're going to sing and release, and we're just going to let God love on us this morning. And uh, I can feel the enemy trying to fight your mind this morning, but I'm telling you, what I'm teaching you will set you free today. I'm not giving you something I read out of a book. I'm giving you something that, come on, set me personally free. And and it got me out of the chase. I I used to feel like I was in the starting blocks, like a track meet, chasing all the time, chasing and chasing. Now I just want to sleep all day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I just want to enjoy God. I just want to enjoy His people. I want to enjoy the fellowship on a deer lease. I want to, I want to, I want to enjoy them when we're fishing. I want to enjoy them when we're eating lunch at Henry's after church and there's no line because God loves us so much he makes a way. Did I do that? I want to walk by faith and not by sight. I want my kids to say, man, he wasn't perfect by any means. And they could give you some stories, I'm sure. But I want him to say he knew that God loved him. I don't want him to say he, he loved God. I want my kids to say he knew God loved him. And even when he fell down, he got back up. That's what you want your kids to say. Even when it looked like it was over. Come on, somebody. When you know God loves you, it ain't over. Even when the storm comes, come on, he calms the storm. Even when the floods come and the rain come and the thoughts come and the preoccupation, God just begins to flow and to move and to take us into new places and that that concept because he's the God of miracles, right? We sing about it. But he's the God of miracles and the reason we know that is because we know that he loves us. And so I don't want to live my, I don't want my wife to say, man, that guy loved God. Even though you do. Are you hearing me right this morning? I want, to, I want my wife to say, man, that man knew that God loved him. Because when you know God loves you, then you can start doing what he's asking you to do. You'll start walking it out by faith. You'll start taking different directions. You'll start moving in different concepts. Stand to your feet with me this morning. And we're going to sing the song about Jesus because Jesus is the one that's miraculous. Can I read one more scripture to you as they get ready? Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor with, and a good name in the sight of God and man. I'm not as concerned about that part as I am. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Listen, church, when you understand how much God loves you and you understand the value of that love, it makes you want to be faithful. It makes you want to be faithful. And it's within that faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. I can't be faithful in the past. I can't be faithful in the future, but I can be faithful in the present. And if I'm faithful in the present, if I'm faithful in the present, then my tomorrow looks a whole lot brighter. Come on, somebody. But I can only be faithful in the present. So we're alive in this moment. Come on, it's 11.05 on Sunday morning. We're some part of June. I don't know the date, but but I'm sure it's a good one. Come on. May even be an even date. I don't know. But I do know this, listen to me. We're in this moment right now. So distractions over here. Anything preoccupying your mind over here. 
fear over here, faithlessness over here, anything that's hurting, let's just put those things aside, all things aside, all things aside. Anything that's shutting you down, let's put it over to the side. Are you with me here this morning? Because listen, you're about to receive the love of God, and when you do, you're opening the door for God to begin to move through you in a whole new capacity. And if we'll leave it over there and leave it over there, and we'll focus on our being, then we can pick those things back up when we need to. Come on, deal with them in the right way. But for right now, all distractions aside. And as we sing this song, I don't want you begging God. I don't even want, I don't, I, I, in this moment, we're not begging Jesus to come. He's already here. I want you to open your heart, and I want you to take four minutes here, and let's just let Jesus love on us. How about that? Let's let him love on us and then see what he wants to do. Amen.